0: I feel like St. Trinian's is Wild Child's like deranged like homoerotic older sister. Hello hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to
1: our strike era. Yes, some more exciting international films coming your way. This is actually one that has been requested mm-hmm. like for a long time, so I'm excited to finally talk about it.
0: Yeah, today we are covering the one and only British independent film, 2007's St. Trinian's. Very interesting movie.
1: Didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. This is a first viewing for me.
0: Yes, me as well. Oh, no way. Yeah.
1: Nice. I kind of feel like I used to be really opposed to British humor, and as I see more of it, I'm like, okay. Interesting. They kind of have something.
0: They kind of have <laughs> something there. That's so interesting. because I don't know. Maybe it's just because I grew up with so much British media, and I went to school with a lot of British kids and had British teachers and... Just there's been a lot of British influence in my life. I was a One Direction girly after all, but <laughs> I feel like I'm so used to it. So it's like interesting yeah. to to hear that you were like opposed.
1: Yeah, I guess, especially I would say um, during the Andy Sandberg, like that era of like SNL. Oh, okay. The, no, yeah.
0: yeah wait, like- for, wait for it, wait for it, wait for
1: it. I was just going to say that comedy contrasts so heavily with british comedy yeah for sure so i think i leaned more towards that because that's what i was like consuming Mm -hmm. like the really absurd jokes really like loud um, yeah Yeah. exactly and (laughs) american (laughs) british humor is so Mm straight-faced um i think like also seeing the american office when it was like first coming out like that was like yeah such a big thing versus the british office which i was like this is so different i just automatically didn't like it Mm -hmm. but yeah the more british movies that i see now as an adult i'm like hmm what's happening here
0: (laughs) nuance subtlety yeah having a little hee (laughs) hee internally (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly wow well should we uh should we dive into the numbers you want to hit us with those numbers? Yeah,
1: I think. Um, let's get into the budget, baby. Mm-hmm. So, I will say I did want to. Oh, good, my electricity bill is ready. <laughs> it's just a <laughs> real numbers. <laughs> yeah, it's um terrifying. <laughs> okay, so as we mentioned, it is an independent film, so it didn't, to my understanding, have like as wide of a release as like a big feature film would have in the US. Cuz
0: that is that correct? I mean, it was like very su- it was one of the most successful um independent films of that year, I believe. Interesting, cuz I I just like assumed the number looks quite low. So like the budget was 7 million pounds. Yeah. And then the box office was 21.29.1 million. Oh yeah, in 2010.
1: So I guess I think that in the UK itself, it made 12 million, and then by 2010, worldwide it made 29 million. So like that makes more sense. But the initial like 12 uh, million pound number, I was like, that's a little low (laughs) for like such a widely spread movie. But Yeah. yeah, the 29 million makes way more sense. So. Pretty successful. I feel like there's a big cult following as well. Yeah, which for sure. Helped.
0: It says uh, on the Wikipedia page that it was the fifth highest grossing film during the Christmas season of 2007, behind *Enchanted*, *I Am Legend*, *Alien vs. Predator*, *Requiem*, and *The Golden Compass*, and it ranks in the top grossing independent British films of the past decade. Nice. So there we go. It is also a reboot of uh, the original St. Trinian's series, which the first film was from 1954, The Bells of St. Trinian's. And I believe that was also like based off of like a comic strip or drawings. Yeah. Yeah. So it's had many an adaptation, but rather than this being a sequel to that original series, it's a reboot and borrows some similar elements from the first film.
1: Yeah. Pretty interesting. I'm sure if like – you were growing up during the time of St. Trinian's in the UK. You probably have a lot of memories of it. It seems like it was like really integrated in pop culture. Mm -hmm.
0: And for example, like the tradition of the headmistress being played by a man that like also Mm -hmm. happened in the original series. And in this one, we are lucky enough to get the incredible Rupert Everett. So I was very pleased (laughs) by that.
1: Yeah, he was fantastic. And I did read that, for Camilla Furtin's character. It was kind of like a parody of the Duchess of Cornwall, like this very coquettish, yeah. um kind of like all over the place character, which I mean for me, I thought that was like my that was the highlight of the film for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Camilla
0: Furtin. Yeah. <laughs> I it was fantastic. <laughs> Honestly, all the scenes between Camilla and Jeffrey were just oh Yes, of course.
1: (laughs) Colin Firth was insane. Yeah. He just – that's like the British humor that I'm talking about where he literally maybe once cracks a smile for the entire
0: movie. Mm -hmm. But he plays the straight man like so well. Yeah. There's honestly a lot of really, really incredible actors in this movie. And funnily enough, so while I was watching this movie, I kept thinking about Wild Child, obviously, because – yeah it's you know they they came out a year apart british school and girls, juno temple <laughs> and and juno temple um so it's pretty crazy that she made uh these two movies just like a year apart but we also have uh Tula Riley we have Gemma Archerton uh Jodie Whittaker plays Beverly the um receptionist assistant and she is was literally the most recent doctor who which is wild wow um, we also have, like, Lena Headey, who you may remember from Game of Thrones. We have Stephen Fry playing himself, Russell Brand, Paloma Faith, which I didn't even recognize that that was her throughout the whole movie. She's the emo girl, Andrea. And, yeah, I could, I could go on and on because this cast uh, – is huge. I mean, Misha Barton even has a little bit role.
1: <laughs> a little a little tiny role <laughs> where she seamlessly flows in and out of a British
0: accent. Yeah. Well, her I think her dad is British cuz she she's half American, I half British. That. So you can always hear like a slight there's always a slight British lilt to her voice just naturally, mm-hmm. which I, like, can never unhear when I'm watching the OC. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure she her dad is British, and she grew up, like, half and half in the U.K. and in the States.
1: Yeah, I was, like, listening closely to her accent during it, and when she was stronger in the British accent, it, like, sounded good, but then she would, like, sound really American in the next sentence, and I was like, just pick one.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I think she's just speaking in her regular voice, like, which is – primarily an American accent, but then we'll just, you know, dilly-dally into (laughs) a little British moment. (laughs) I think you might have already said Catherine
1: Drysdale, but I was like, why does she look so familiar? Why does she look so familiar? And then I was like, oh, my God, she's the Bridgerton Taylor. Yes, she's the
0: modiste Madame Delacroix. Is that right? I believe so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I love her. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, before we get into it, um, very exciting news on the Patreon right now. Number one is that last week, we dropped a little episode from the vault, uh, recorded a while ago, but it's finally out there for you all, our bonus episode all about succession. So if you want to hear our thoughts, our opinions, our jokes, our analyses on succession, head on over to Patreon and out today is our bonus episode on Scott Pilgrim versus the world. So if you're interested in those two little juicy bonus apps for the month, definitely head over to Patreon and check it out. Yes. And I guess without further ado,
1: should we lacrosse right into it?
0: Field hockey? They play field hockey. I
1: This is the best I could do. Should we
0: zipline? I guess they zip line. They do zipline. Yeah. We'll do that. We'll zipline right into it. Should we (laughs) explode (laughs) right onto it? Should we fucking blast some TNT and get right into it? Let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) So our opening shot of the film is on just it's really it's a really gorgeous shot of a car car. Uh, on fire in a field, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing! It's beautiful, yeah, really scenic. Um, we see Annabelle Fritton, played by Tula Riley, and her dad, played by Rupert Everett. They are driving their way to Saint Trinian's boarding school. Which, in case the car on fire wasn't a bad enough omen, there's literally a skull on a spike outside. And Annabelle says, it's very creepy here. Where is everybody? Because it looks like a ghost town. But her dad, Carnaby, says, surely they're all hard at work, cut to a desk falling out of a window. So they go to the front desk where the receptionist, Beverly, is, I think she's like listening to music or something. And when she sees Carnaby, she's like, oh, are you from Inland Revenue? And he says, no, I am here to see Miss Fritton. He's her younger brother. So while waiting to go and see Miss Fritton, the headmaster, Annabelle is checking out some of their display windows, one of which has a bunch of skulls from the school's last trip to Cameroon. And then she looks up at the staircase to see that it's just packed to the brim with a ton of students just staring at her. She gets distracted for, like, one second by her dad's ringing phone. And when she looks back, everyone is gone. So very spooky. Did make me think that maybe there would be a supernatural element, but there is not. And then Miss Fritton herself makes her way down the stairs to greet her brother, who she hasn't heard from in 15 years. Therefore, she's also never even met Annabelle before.
1: So we go into Miss Fritton's office She sits on her couch with Annabelle. And before she sits down, she also checks for, like, a whoopee cushion. (laughs) Um, But when she sits down, she, like, farts anyways. (laughs) And she's like, oh, my God. LOL. And has Annabelle come sit on the couch with her and says her father's personal assistant told her she's joining them for the school year and assures her that here teachers and pupils live in blissful harmony. So – really trying to set the tone, but I think out the window at this time, Annabelle is watching a student get dragged on the ground by a tractor, <laughs> yeah. and she's like, to her father, like, you can't possibly expect me to stay here, but Carnaby is snooping in Camilla's papers and sees a final notice from the bank, mm. and he's like, Annabelle, it's just a little rough around the edges, but that's part of the fun. So Camilla comes like back into the room and gives him a breakdown of the school fees, but Carnaby is like, "Hey, what about that family discount?" <laughs> and Camilla's like, "Absolutely not. You discounted the family years ago when you ruined Great Aunt Millicent with your hairbrain schemes." And I think Millicent is the headmaster from the original. Mm. Um, Serious, so there we go. a little callback. Mm. And oh, it's already beginning. The accents are already <laughs> beginning. But Carnaby is like, I've done nothing to be guilty about. And then they go back and forth and he's like three five and she's like three seven fifty. And then basically they end up with uh, the school fees being two thousand three hundred. Mm-hmm. Honestly, total wash for miss for in like i feel like she should have like nailed him that's like more
0: well i guess it's a little over half off because i think she said it was four thousand initially yeah so just a little under half off yeah so annabelle begs her dad not to leave her here but he's like all right ta-ta and drives off (sighs) and then the bell rings and there's one brief moment of silence before all the girls come like busting out of their classrooms. It's absolute chaos. They're like milling about the stairs. But standing and watching Annabelle is a girl. She's a little older. She has a short, sharp bob and some bangs. And she says, oh, Your father's car looks like it's seen better days. And she's like, it's a classic. (laughs) And says that her dad has the taste for finer things. He even owns an art gallery in Mayfair. And she also, you know, drops that she is the headmistress's niece. And then the girl goes to introduce herself as Kelly Jones' head girl and welcomes her to St. Trinian's. Very cool, very femme fatale. Definitely.
1: She's gorgeous. Annabelle is also just like has no abashness
0: about being related to the headmistress. <laughs> yeah. I did read in like probably 80% of the letterboxed reviews of this movie is people talking about how Kelly is was their sexual awakening. Makes sense. Yeah.
1: So we go to the dormitories and Annabelle is just in disbelief. When this girl, Taylor, calls her ugly Betty and asks what she's staring at. And that girl is the – what's her title
0: in Bridgerton? The Modiste.
1: Madame Delacroix. So fun to see her as a teenager in another mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. And Annabelle is like, do you know where my bed is? And she's like, are you accusing me of stealing your bed? And threatens to slap her. Like just zero to 100. But Kelly comes in and she's like, calm down. Taylor, why don't you go paint your nails? And Kelly's like, the chavs are a bit touchy at the moment. And Taylor's like, who are you calling a chav? This whole place – or pardon me. All the dorms are actually in the attic Mm -hmm. of the house. Like it's literally like an unfinished attic. like Slanted ceilings and everything. Yeah, Very uh, bare bones, you could say. Everyone Mm -hmm. just crammed in there. And I always wonder if this is how – boarding schools look like if there's just like basically like hospital beds lined up and they just have like a trunk for their stuff or is it like individual rooms and I would assume it's individual rooms and like a couple girls two room.
0: Yeah, I assume it's kind of like what our dorms were like. Right. At NYU, not the suites with like a kitchen and stuff, but Mm -hmm. you know, rooms and then probably a common area, maybe like a... A common, common use kitchen or something on that floor. I don't know. I've never been to boarding school, but me neither. I mean, like one of my friends went to Wellesley, the college, and they didn't have any sort of like suite situation like we did. So all of the rooms were just rooms, and then on each floor there was like a common bathroom and a comp with like showers. And like a common kitchen that everybody could use. So I imagine that it's something like that. Yeah, like most normal colleges.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, this
1: it's just like so haphazard. Mm -hmm. So we then meet the posh toddies. They run a chat line and claim to have slept with a member of the royal family. The geeks, who are literally like trading bonds. They're like (laughs) on the stock market. The emos, who are – doing magic. I guess or like some kind of like seance type thing. Mm-hmm. And I think they call them goths or like Annabelle's like, oh, the goths. And they're like, where emo. And Kelly's like, <laughs> emotionally unstable that is. So 2007. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And then they get to the first years. The Fulchester's answer to the Sopranos. And the first years – Like, so it's like, you know, high school, high school, high school, and the first years, and they look six years old, like, which I thought was really funny. Um, And they're they're all like dirty. Yeah, just like
0: (laughs) disheveled little toddlers. And then there's the twins that are sitting like, spin around in the chair with their stuffed animals and their sunglasses. Yeah. Like the fucking godfather. I literally just refer to those twins as the Sopranos throughout the entire. Yeah. Notes, just so everybody's aware.
1: (laughs) So then finally, Kelly shows Annabelle her own bed right next to the first years, where they're all placing bets on how long she'll last. Then a bucket of goo falls on Annabelle, and she gets hit in the face with a feather
0: pillow. So Mm -hmm. (sighs) might only be one night. We're getting a little bit of Mean Girls with here are the different cliques. We're getting a little bit of the parent trap with the booby yeah. traps over the bed. So, you, you know the vibes. Annabelle then goes to the bathroom to shower off the goo and the feathers. Meanwhile, the geeks have hacked into the school camera system and are literally live streaming this child's shower on yeah, YouTube. It's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the first years steal her clothes and her towel, and they also, like, fuck with the temperature. So everybody in the dorm is just, like, watching on the cameras, and Kelly says now they'll see what she's made of. So Annabelle covers herself up, like, best she can while running through the hallways as everybody laughs. We even see, like, some schoolgirls from, like, the other side of the world are watching and tee-heeing along. Mm-hmm. And as she's running through the halls in the nude, she slides across the floor, crashes into a door, and falls to the ground. And that's when Miss Cleaver and the matron, who I guess is supposed to be like the school nurse. I guess. Just based on her uniform. But they come out of this room holding martinis, and they just look at her, and they're like, "Ugh, new girl, and keep on walking. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing
1: to see here. Mm Mm-hmm. So that night, Annabelle packs up her things, calls her dad. She sneaks down the stairs, and she's like, please pick me up from this hellhole right now. And she tries to tell him about how she's been broadcast naked on the internet. But then she hears the sound of, like, woman laughing in the background. And he's like, oh, dear, I'm just watching some desperate housewives in bed. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, oh, I can't hear you. Annabelle, like, slams her phone down and actually hits it with her field hockey stick in anger and breaks this bust statue in half. And the hockey coach sees her. She's like, what did you just do? And she's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry, Miss. Something came over me. And she's like, "Uh, you're who I've been looking for, someone with a shot like you. You're gonna be on the hockey team as of today, <laughs> so maybe things are looking up for poor Annabelle.
0: Yeah, it really is pretty wild. I mean, I don't know if it was intentional, but I do feel like Wild Child borrowed quite a bit from this film. I would say a significant amount. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because there's there's a lot. I mean, they change it to to lacrosse in um sure in Wild Child, but. You know, very similar sport. We have a fish Mm -hmm. out of water in a new environment uh, that feels very foreign to her. and um, She even gets a makeover. Yeah. Yeah, she does. And there's like a
1: blonde opponent who Mm -hmm. is like the goody two-shoes,
0: mean. Very posh. Very strong. Physically like Mm -hmm. strong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Juno Temple is also there. Yeah, so not accusing anyone of anything, but yeah. it's uh, interesting. <laughs> I feel like Saint Trinians is Wild Child's like deranged, like homoerotic older sister. Mm-hmm. So we then it, it gets even crazier because this is where we meet Flash, who is played by Russell Brand, and just when you think <laughs> it couldn't get more British, it does. And we see all these girls gather in the garage in anticipation of Flash's arrival. He, like, hands over his car keys to them for them to, like, detail his car. And he's like, oh, this time I'd like silver, please, ladies. We then get a montage of what looks like, like, a chemistry set. Like, something's being made. And it turns out that these children um, are running an illegal vodka production line in the school so flash tells them that he likes the new packaging but what about the problems they have with the last batch like the bitter aftertaste people going blind after the second glass that lady that died and (laughs) the sopranos who are like literally chill like i cannot express how young these girls look like they look like they're eight years old Mm -hmm. and They're like, oh, she was old. She could have died at any time. And Flash says she was 38. So they then call over Anushka, who is like a Russian student there. And Flash pours a shot for her. She downs it, gags, but then throws a shot glass and says, yep, no problem. (laughs) So Flash is like, all right, you got a deal. And then Anushka faints, presumably dies, maybe. Who knows? Because we never see her again. Next, Taylor comes up with an idea,
1: designer tampons, but Flash is like, I can't sell a product I don't believe in. And I'm just like, (laughs) okay. So Kelly then comes down per Flash's request, and he asks if she could have a word with the mass department because they're very keen to place a bet, but not so forthcoming with squaring it with a bookie. And Kelly says keeping the teachers in line is a full-time occupation. (laughs) So I guess she's going to go straight and out a fucking teacher who didn't pay (laughs) up his bet. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Just the duty of a head gal. Mm. And then she starts to head off when Flash tries to ask her if she'd like to go out with him for dinner at, like, this new Chinese restaurant that opened this week. And I'm like – So first of all, like kind of funny dynamic, this guy comes Mm -hmm. in and he's like, um, I I was just hoping that maybe, but also I'm like, you are literally in your 30s and she's in high school. Yep. Absolutely. Wow. What a common theme. Yeah. I was just about to say (laughs) a common theme this week, um, statutory rape.
0: Yeah. Just, you know, grown men going after high school girls. That's so (laughs) cool and fun.
1: So she just shoots him down straight away and, like, says she doesn't mix business with pleasure. And Flash is like, yeah, of course, of course. And gets in his freshly painted car, courtesy of the garage girlies, and heads out for the night.
0: So in the morning, some of the girls with binoculars report on an incoming intruder. We see a new teacher on her way to come work at St. Trinian's, played by the wonderful Lena Headey. So they decide to pull a booby trap on her to deter her. Meanwhile, in Miss Fritton's office, the bursar, played by Toby Jones, who you've seen in like a million billion things. He tells her that she needs to pay the staff before they go on strike. Wow, how relevant. I know. How novel. (laughs) Paying your employees. Crazy, (laughs) But she just shuts him up and says, not now. So the receptionist, Beverly, then gets on Miss Fritton's intercom saying that a homeless woman has just turned up saying she's the new English teacher, but she doesn't look like she's got a pot to piss in. (laughs) Miss Fritton goes, Beverly. And she says, sorry, Miss Fritton. She doesn't look like she's got a pot in which to piss. (laughs) Which (laughs) made me
1: me laugh quite a bit. The um, secretary in general, I thought was such a funny character because – She's definitely not good at her job, but she also has, like, these undertones of, like, going to raves all weekend. And she's yes. like, yeah, my brain doesn't really kick in until Wednesday. Like, I'm on the come down. Like, Yeah. Because
0: she's done Molly and she's, like, having an episode of zero yeah. serotonin. Really, her main job is just to make sure that whoever from Inland Revenue doesn't make its way past the doors. Exactly. So we go to Miss
1: Dickinson who is this woman who's appeared today, and she tries to give Miss Fritton her references and qualifications, but Fritton says that the fact that she just made it down the driveway is qualification enough, and she'll do very well here. (laughs) And Dickinson says the agency mentioned they've lost four English teachers in the last six months, and Fritton is like, yes, very careless of us. I suspect they'll turn up. And Fritton just like takes Dickinson to see the Spanish class where the teacher is teaching them to say, honestly, officer, I've never seen them. These aren't my suitcases. (laughs) And then they go to Miss Cleaver who is teaching the girls to shoot rubber ducks with guns and Miss Fritton's like, anger management.
0: (laughs) And they're like. (laughs) And the ducks are literally on top of the heads of other students. (laughs) insane so we then go to the teacher's lounge the ever elusive ever exclusive teacher's lounge Mm -hmm. i remember one time i actually i think it was like it was on like a non-school day or something and i because my parents worked at you know at the school that i went to and um i was like in school on a saturday or something with my dad and i was you know just jaunting around the building and i was like oh it's saturday like nobody's gonna be here Mm -hmm. and then i went into the teacher's lounge just to see what it was like it was very underwhelming it's like (laughs) some and a fridge and like a sink it almost makes Um, you think like wow being a teacher
1: is like an unforgiving desolate job underpaid
0: overworked mm -hmm. undervalued yes (laughs)
1: <laughs> you like go in. There's like a dingy couch, a like water cooler well, like, that doesn't The couches work. were nice. And I was, I'm sure it was like nice. But it wasn't
0: like gross. Yeah. There was just like nothing in there. It was just like some couches mm-hmm. and like a table with some chairs, some like shelves and a fridge, and that was about it. But the the teachers' lounge at my high school was pretty big, just because there there were a lot of teachers. So mm-hmm. at least they had some space. I'm thinking about when um.
1: My ex-boyfriend used to be a long-term substitute, and Mm -hmm. he showed me once, like, this picture. He was like, these strawberries have been in here for a long time. And it was literally, literally, like, green, like, cotton candy. It was so grotesque. Like, it always amazes me how as, like, a a full-grown adult, like, adult, Mm -hmm. I'm like, you gotta – Take care of the community fridge. Like, I, I feel yeah. like no matter how old you get, it is always like a struggle for people to share a kitchen. Mm. And it's like,
0: why is this so hard? <laughs> <laughs> like, we've all let food rot. Of course. You know, produce, it, it, it can turn so quickly. What's a girl to do? But at a certain point, you just have to be like, hey, this needs to go. Exactly. And I feel like the main sign of that is either green, yeah, white, or black mold. And that's when you say, you gots to go in the garbage. And then you immediately take the garbage out of your home. Exactly. You don't it's have a two mold part system. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have mold just sitting in your garbage can. That now that's what your apartment smells like. I actually cleaned my fridge yesterday, so I am on oh my a high horse. I cleaned horse. my fridge the other day too. <gasps> nice. It just feels wow. so fucking good afterwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, my favorite thing is so I have the Mrs. Meyer's uh, basil glass cleaner. Ooh. So then I also spray down all the shelves with that, yeah. and then my whole fridge smells beautiful. Like that basil glass cleaner.
1: Yeah, I used um, Miss Myers. Like I think it's like eucalyptus and mm. cedar or something. Yeah, but yeah, that was that made me feel a strong, revitalized yeah. me.
0: <laughs> and then you open your fridge and you're like, "Wow, I have my life together." Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Time to order out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Will I be cooking? No, <laughs> I will not. <laughs> um, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, I I no this movie. So <laughs> we're in the staff lounge, and the bursar is promising everybody that they will be paid, and you know it's clear that it's been a while. So Miss Cleaver actually ends up shoving his face in a fish bowl, which you know has fish in it. So that's pretty nasty. And uh, Miss Fritton brings in. Miss Dickinson to meet everybody and the matron comes over who, it seems like her main job actually is just a mixologist. Right. She brings Miss Dickinson her newest cocktail concoction. She calls it the Gerald, named after her first husband. Cheap, bitter, and a complete alcoholic. Uh, This drink, it just looks like a straight-up martini glass full of chartreuse. But... um, Miss Dickinson then has to inform everybody that she's T-Total, which I had to look up. It means like somebody who abstains from alcohol, like somebody who's sober. Mm -hmm. And they're all like, oh, good heavens. And she says, but I do like having fun just as much as the next person. And in fact, she's so cute. (laughs) I'd love it if we all got involved in school challenge. So she shows a flyer for... School Challenge, the TV quiz show, and says it was very popular at her last school and tremendous fun for both the students and the teachers. Very nice.
1: I think her character is so sweet. Oh, yeah. Then we meet Jeffrey Thwaites, the education minister, played by the one and only Colin Firth, and oh, he's in man. a meeting. <laughs> I know. Looking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He's in a meeting where he tells his, like, you know, colleagues that he believes the nation's schools have been blighted by the false kindness of touchy-feely for too long. And badly behaved kids need a kick in the arse. So he intends to start with the worst schools in the country. A man says that would mean St. Trinian's. And one guy, like, has shell shock. From when he went there undercover last year. It's like PTSD. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And The Waits talks about how this was the same approach he took when overhauling the prison service. Once you break the worst, the others will fall in line. (laughs) And the traumatized man warns him to be afraid. Be very afraid. (laughs)
0: So we then cut over to the Cheltenham bus, and the first years are lying in wait as the bus is approaching St. Trinian's for their field hockey match today, and the first years pelt the bus with a bunch of paint balloons. So they arrive on campus, and Verity Thwaites, played by the incredible Lucy Punch, she is Obviously, Jeffrey's daughter, and she starts complaining to her father about how the Trinians girls are animals. And the headmistress, Miss Bagstock, who I mean, she's been in tons of stuff, but I'm pretty sure she's also the the stepmom or the like the the woman that Colin Firth is going to marry in What a Girl Wants. Yeah, I think that's her. Whoa, it is so funny to see the two of them on screen together again. And she is panicking, asking Jeffrey why he didn't close Trinian's down years ago. And he says, because they can change. So Miss Bagsock laughs and says, not this lot. You'll understand when you meet the headmistress, she's worse than the children. And then Jeffrey turns around to see Camilla and we hear, love is a many <laughs> splendid thing. <laughs> So, clearly, there's some history there. Uh, They met at university, apparently, and they were the toast of the Dramatic Society. And she says, another time, and he says, another country, which is a reference to a movie that Colin Firth and Rupert Everett were in, Another Country. There's a lot of very meta-references to Mm -hmm. Colin Firth and Mr. Darcy throughout this whole movie, um, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah. So she asks to what she owes the pleasure. And Jeffrey says that he's heard about the failings of her school and he's here to help. So Camilla jokes like, oh, you're here to help? Well, I have some shelves that need to be put up and the kitchen needs a good scrubbing. And he's like, oh, ha, ha, I'll add that to the list. So they're <laughs> having a little hee, a little banter. And he says that she'll find that they both want the same thing. They're just on different sides of the table. And Camilla says that he just wants to straightjacket them with his limited curriculum. He's changed. And he says, you haven't. And they're having this very, like, charged eye contact when all of a sudden he notices that Camilla's dog, uh, Mr. Darcy, is humping his leg. So she tells him to (sighs) just, you know. Let it dry and get a good stiff brush. You'll be fine. Awful. <laughs> Awful. Awful. So we go
1: to the field hockey game and Annabelle is terrified seeing Verity as the former Cheltenham girl and warns the girls not to provoke her. Verity calls to Annabelle and calls her Annabelle the cannibal. Annabelle the cannibal. <laughs> and Annabelle
0: the cannibal. Yeah in the, yeah, it works and in the British accent,
1: yeah, and they all like hiss at her. and the Trinians girls are actually like impressed by this. like they're intrigued. they're like, why why are they calling you that? And she's like, because I used to eat people, I had braces and little bits of food would get stuck in them. <laughs> <laughs> so not very formidable. no, but yes. And meanwhile, while they start the match, The Waits goes snooping around the school. He sees a girl hanging from the chalkboard in the religious studies room, a bunch of disturbing and graphic art in the art room, and a nude painting of Camilla (laughs) with, like, a little, like, I think it's like a heart birthmark on her bum. (laughs) On her bum. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, like, presumably painted by one
0: of the students.
1: I thought maybe it was her own painting. Oh, that's yeah, that's very possible. She paints later on, but it was pretty jarring.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So we go back to the field, the game is about to start, and the burser warns the girls against biting, scratching, kicking, gouging, none of that, please. The game starts, and he is so distracted by the sight of the beautiful Spanish teacher across the field. Just, you know, sunbathing, having a little beverage, <laughs> So while he's so distracted, he actually ends up getting whacked in the head by Verity. So the matron has to step in as the new referee. She does not know the rules of the game. So this is going to be an interesting one. And right off the jump, Verity scores a goal. Mm hmm. So Jeffrey keeps snooping, and that's where he finds the girl's vodka distillery situation. He takes, like, the teeniest, tiniest little taste of the vodka, like, literally dips his pinky in and licks it, and his (laughs) vision immediately starts to blur. He's stumbling around. He ends up, like, in this area that has, like, literal wild animals and shit in it in cages. Oh, yeah. And ends up knocking over an enclosure of biting ants. So he leaves the lab, and he ends up hiding behind a wall as the first years run by with barbed wire, a crowbar, and a wheel clamp. Uh, Who knows what delightful little plans they have with those tools. Mm -hmm. But he then decides to hide in this very fancy dressing room when the posh toddies come in to touch up their makeup and one of them i think it's chloe ends up answering a call from their chat line and she is you know doing her phone sex thing while jeffrey tries to keep quiet as the ants are literally crawling up his pant leg so Mm -hmm. you can all guess where this one is going it's not great Um,
1: So back on the field, Verity is continuing to just destroy the game. So Taylor literally nails the ball to her stick (laughs) and runs it into the goal and, like, cheers with the ball just clearly nailed in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Verity scores again, and she also headbutts some poor, unsuspecting Trinian girl. Then Dickinson asks if anyone has smelling salts, and some girls, like,
0: no, but I've got poppers. That is one of the best lines in the whole movie. Just, mm-hmm. no, I have poppers. And she's like, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then Troy <laughs> Savant's rush plays in the background. Oh my gosh. So Trinian scores again, and Verity, like, shoves her. The game goes on. It gets pretty rough. Everyone is, like, pushing each other until it devolves into a full-on fight.
0: Yeah. So, meanwhile, Jeffrey is having his legs bitten to shreds by these ants. So he ends up taking off his pants so he can, you know, A, remove the ants from his legs, but also scratch the bites. Some might say remove the ants from his pants. Exactly. (laughs) And uh, that's when his phone rings. And so the girls obviously know that there's somebody in the room. They approach the wall with like their various hair tools as weapons, throw back all the dressing gowns to see him hiding with his pants down. It's not looking good. So um, they shove him out the window to the fountain below. And I'm like, honestly, deserved.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel bad because he wasn't. Snooping on them, Mm -hmm. but it. He wasn't snooping on them. It's not good. But yeah. He was snooping. He was snooping. That's true. Yeah. So back out on the field, it is tied three to three, and Annabelle is about to take her shot when a verity whispers that she's dead. And another girl goes to hit Annabelle. So Kelly sneaks in at the last minute. And hits the ball. It not only smacks Verity in the face, (laughs) but goes in the goal. And it is a Trinian's win. Wow. So the weights come us back to the field, like all wet, which again is a callback. Very Darcy. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And he like sees his daughter being loaded into an ambulance. And Camilla says the lesson is to not mess with St. Trinian's. They do play a little rough. And The Thwaites says they can all play rough. And she says maybe they'll be seeing a little more of each other. And Thwaites is like, I'll make sure of it. Oh, my God. And it's like, wait, are you flirting? Are you threatening? I can't
0: tell. Mm, maybe a little bit of both, a little bit of pain and pleasure. My goodness. Whoa. So... The next morning, after an insane night of partying to celebrate their win, the school looks like a literal disaster zone, and we see, like, just students passed out everywhere. There's empty cups and bottles all over the place, and then just sitting very neatly and quietly in the middle of the front hall is a man in a suit. So Camilla tries to sneak out unseen, but she accidentally knocks over a bottle and the man looks over at her and she's like, Beverly, um, won't you please get this man something to drink? And Beverly is like, oh, we've only got smirnoff left. <laughs> and she's like, no, I mean tea. So this man in the suit, he is from the bank and he uh. says that Camilla owes over 500,000 pounds. And since she's ignored all of their final demand letters, uh, they will be serving her a foreclosure notice. And we also see that the geeks and, you know, some of the other girls in the dorm are watching this through one of their many, many secret cameras. Camilla says that they can't just pull the plug on them like they're any other business. This is a school and she has a duty of care. She only answers to her girls who otherwise have nowhere else to go. And the bank man calls them delinquents and playground terrorists. And she smacks him with her bag and says, again, another incredible line. One man's terrorist is another woman's freedom fighter, Mr. Bank (laughs) Manager. And it was truly this line that inspired my letterbox review for this movie, which was, this movie is what I mean when I say I support women's rights and women's wrongs. So he tells her that she has four weeks to repay the outstanding balance or the school will be declared bankrupt. Dang. Yeah. So we go to
1: Camilla's office and we can only see her through the window. We see like her back. She has a gun turned towards her head, but it's just a lighter to light a joint. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So then we go to Kelly, the head girl. She's rounded up all of the girls and tells them the news about Trinian's being bankrupt and closing down. And everyone just immediately starts cheering. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? So then Kelly is like, if Trinian's closes down, we'll have to go to normal schools. And then everyone's <gasps> like, oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. The horror. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the staff lounge, the matron and Beverly sit with Camilla, and Beverly says she's got to get her serotonin levels back in check. So she takes out these, like, blue pills and red pills, and she's like, these are uppas and these are downas. And Camilla's like, I like to be balanced. Let me take (laughs) one of each.
0: Meanwhile, who comes to school but, oh my goodness, Carnaby Fritton. So Annabelle thinks that her dad Mm. is here to pick her up, but he just brushes her off immediately and goes to talk to Camilla. Meanwhile, Taylor actually calls Annabelle over and says, let me show you a little something. You're going to want to see this. So we go into Camilla's office and Carnaby tells Camilla that he wants to turn the school into a boutique hotel when the bank shuts her down. And we see the door like briefly open and a pair of hands just like shove Camilla's dog, Mr. Darcy, into the room. And he has a little camera on his collar so that the girls, including Annabelle, can eavesdrop. So Carnaby's plan is for Camilla to sell the school now so she can repay the debt and split the profits with him. And Camilla says, well, what about my dear girls? And he says, oh, drop the act. And she's like, well, what about Annabelle, your freaking daughter? Mm-hmm. And Carnaby's like, ugh, that one? should a bit of a drip, if you ask me. Pretty insane. <laughs> so brutal. And says he sometimes wonders if she's even his daughter. And I'm like, the girl is a little bland, but come on. Right. So Camilla says that he's wrong about her. She's a Fritton. She's got the true family stripe, which is more than she can say about him. And I do Mm -hmm. love that, like, Camilla does genuinely care about Annabelle and her girls, too. Like, is she a good educator? No. (laughs) But that's a different story. Right. She cares about these girls and she wants to, to protect them. Definitely. So Carnaby tells her to face it. This place is history. And Kelly, who's, you know, been watching this surveillance footage, says that they can't rely on the grown-ups. They need to sort this out themselves. Right. So they enlist Flash
1: to help teach them about crime and, like... (laughs) I love this scene. It's so funny. (laughs) The different types of crimes that they can commit. And he says... We need to get our hands on half a bar, which is like (laughs) half a million pounds. Yeah. And he opens up the floor to ideas. One of the first suggestions is by Taylor. She says extortion. So he writes it on the board. (laughs) And I think he says, um, yeah, he says, I know a lot of people think the old give me your money or else is a bit old hat, but it's a classic. (laughs) <laughs> and Celia's like confidence trickery, someone else is like credit card fraud, kidnapping, which he he's really into that. He's now like now we're it's a sweet treat in my <laughs> mouth. And one of the emo's suggests that they take a rich man's wife, cut off her ear, send it to him, express delivery and just keep chopping until he pays the ransom. <laughs> and flash is like a bit too evil you should probably see a counselor
0: <laughs> oh my gosh yeah the this the, the absolute feral energy from this children in the scene is incredible yeah
1: yeah the actors are quite good for um,
0: teenagers like they're very yeah. into the role mhm they've surrendered to the crazy world of this film right very willingly um, so everyone is, like, committed to what they're doing. This movie, very
1: different, like, plot-wise, mm-hmm. but the movie does remind me a lot of Rocky Horror Picture Show.
0: mm, totally, yeah. Where, like, the world of the movie is so wacky. So they're able to, like, get away with a lot of things that are fucking batshit insane because they've set up such a crazy world to begin with. Right. So later that night, uh... Annabelle goes into Camilla's office where she's just quietly painting some flowers and tells Annabelle that she once wanted to be a professional painter. She's you know, sold paintings under a pseudonym before, and she actually took it up when she was recovering from a broken heart and I'm like, oh my God, was it Jeffrey? I want I want the prequel. I want the details of the Jeffrey Camilla mm-hmm. relationship. Absolutely. She says that Fritten women are built of sturdy stuff, but they do need an emotional outlet. And we then cut to Camilla and Annabelle with like boxing gloves and pads. And (laughs) Camilla's encouraging Annabelle to tap into her anger like a snake in the grass who betrays his family ties as easy as he betrays his words. And Annabelle gets so riled up thinking about her deadbeat dad that she ends up like punching Camilla in the face and knocking her to the ground. Yeah. And Camilla does come to and just says, welcome to the fold.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we go back to the flash and the Soprano girls suggest theft, perhaps the Bank of England. And he's like, okay, too big. And they're like, Woolworths. And he's like, too small. It's pretty much just sweets. (laughs) (laughs) So then Kelly raises her hand and points to the poster Of the girl wearing the pearl earring, and Posh Toddy freaks out. They're like, you want us to steal Scarlett Johansson? (laughs) And then Kelly is like, no, it's one of the most valuable paintings in the world. We steal it, and Flash can fence it for us. Right, Flash? And he's like, oh, uh, it's a bit out of my league, but... (laughs) Kelly just takes the lead and she's like,
0: it's time we organized a school trip. So the fucking monsters of St. Trinian's monsters, running up to the National Gallery like little demons here to cause havoc Mm -hmm. on the humble, quiet museum goers. They split up into groups. We also see Taylor holding one of their like nanny cam teddy bears. And they finally find... The girl with the pearl earring. And that's when Chelsea, the main posh toddy member, who um, I can't remember her name, but she is also in Love Rosie. She's like the, the oh, girl really? that Alex gets engaged to when he's living in Boston. Sally, I think, is her character's name.
1: Oh, Sally.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah.
1: Tamsin Edgerton. Egerton? Egerton. She's so pretty.
0: Oh my God. She's married to Josh Hartnett. <gasps> who is that josh hartnett he's like i mean he's been in like a million things he was like a big actor in the 90s and then he kind of like went away for a bit and then he's kind of had his his big comeback with uh oppenheimer oh okay wow. and apparently he i learned this the other day he was supposed to be batman in christopher nolan's batman really but like he couldn't do it because of some scheduling things so like christopher nolan has always like liked josh hartnett so he brought him back for for oppenheimer oh my
1: god he went to uh suny purchase they have like an amazing acting program oh
0: my gosh so he's trained
1: he's he is trained, trained.
0: Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah like pearl harbor was one of the big movies that he did yeah he's been in tons of stuff Anyways, so, uh, yes, Chelsea, she comes back, like, over to the painting, having just hooked up with the security guard to get the info. So she reports back with the amount of CCTV cameras. There's going to be 24-hour security guards who are armed. There's pressure alarms, invisible lasers, and reinforced steel shutters. Mm -hmm. And Kelly's like, yeah, 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 that's all fine. But the real problem is how we're gonna get into the building in the first place like we need a cover but nobody has any ideas. So they end up going back into the main hall and Dickinson, who's just you know laddie dying her way through just happens to mention, you know it's such a shame that you don't want to take part in school challenge because the final takes place right here at the museum. Guess who's doing hmm. school challenge now mm-hmm. So the girls get
1: started on their plan. They'll use their trailer parked in Trafalgar Square um, as cover and take to the sewers. Then they have to get through some iron gates, which the Soprano sisters will be blowing up with TNT. Once inside, they will make their way to the balcony, take a zip line over the audience while the show is being televised. (laughs) Then, finally, get through all the invisible lasers leading to the painting. And Miss Fritton is in the back. She chimes in. She says, For the explosions, I suggest RDX, because there's nothing worse than Rogue C4. (laughs) And then Kelly says, All this will be a complete waste of time unless we get to the final. So, how do we plan to get there? And then Posh Toddy says... It's not a problem.
0: And what happens next? <laughs> oh my gosh, an incredible moment. But I don't know why I wasn't expecting Miss Fritten to be in on it. I mean, traditionally, you wouldn't think. Like, I was surprised when she chimed in. I was like, I was like, sure, I guess she's in on it. But I assumed that it would just be the kids being like, oh, we can't trust the adults. I guess we'll have to handle it on our own. I like the addition of her yeah. like popping up. For sure. Yeah. So we then go to (laughs) the one, the only, Miss Misha Barton in her little bit part in this movie. Posh Toddy sit down with her. She's playing J.J. French, the former head girl and PR guru. She tells them that if they get themselves on camera, then the world is their oyster. One day you're on school challenge. Next, it's Love Island. And before you know it, you've married a footballer and bought the Bahamas. But if you don't take that moment, then you're back to obscurity. Bought all of the Bahamas. Yeah. (laughs) She says that people want soap opera. They want to know how to get your look about your broken heart and your fashion disasters. The game is to keep them talking. (laughs) She then teaches them a tip that she learned in Paris. (laughs) And I, well, I think she says, like, from Paris, and they're like, oh, my God, Hilton, and she's like, no, France. Yes. <laughs> you put on a pair of YSL glasses, and the whole world will think you're a brainiac. So true, Queen. Yeah. Me with my little uh, $10 blue light glasses being like, I'm an intellectual, mm-hmm. actually. I'm a Google
1: Ads genius. be boo boo Bob. Mm-hmm.
0: Just hee 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 on
1: my computer. <laughs> Just girl bossing on my pink yeah, laptop.
0: Exactly. So
1: we go to the first round of school challenge hosted by Stephen Fry. And the posh toddies put on their glasses and Stephen feeds the first question about taxes. Chelsea immediately buzzer to the metal and <laughs> answers the question – then the girls manage to correctly answer all the other questions before he even finishes reading them. So, turns out the Soprano twins stole the questions, and, of course, St. Trinian's advances to the next round.
0: Love that they managed to get Stephen Fry to just play himself in this movie. Um, very famous, renowned actor- writer comedian broadcaster a million 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 things i was actually looking at his wikipedia page the other day and it is very long like it is a, such a long wikipedia page because he's done so much work was he a part of the monty
1: python
0: like movies i think he might have done like the stage stuff it says in july 2014 fry appeared on stage with monty python on the opening night of their live show monty python live mostly um but i don't think he was like part of the movies or anything i was trying to
1: figure out where i knew his face from like for me what the thing was it might be the
0: hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy yeah anyways so they then go up against their next school kelly is wondering how they're going to beat b dales and celia just chilling on the couch says magic the kind you get in mushrooms so mm. we go to the Bee dales uh, like, holding room, their waiting room before the show, and Celia offers them some chamomile tea, and some eagle-eyed viewers may recognize one of the B-Dales' boys as the one and only Jonathan Bailey, Mr. Anthony Bridgerton himself. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't a keen-eyed viewer. <laughs> I don't believe he has any lines. He may have like one word, and he's mm-hmm. not even a named character. But yeah, it's Jonathan Bailey is the one wow. who like passes out on the buzzer. Mm-hmm. That's uh, uh, Anthony Bridgerton. But yeah, so we we see the Beedles boys going up against the Trinians girls. They're high as a kite, can't answer any of the questions, so the Trinians advance. We also see JJ making a side deal for Chloe to say (laughs) a brand name live on air. And then we cut to her saying, Apple. (laughs) (laughs) The Trinians manage to advance again. And next we'll be facing Cheltenham in the final. We go back to
1: the school ministry. The traumatized board member asks if they're going to close down St. Trinians. But the wait says they're more used to them alive. They're going to be the perfect symbol of misguided youth, and he's going to make an example out of them by breaking their spirit. He wants to show the world the problem and then
0: fix it. Meanwhile, back at Trinian's, Annabelle has set up a little meeting with Flash on the roof, asking him to go to her dad's gallery and offer to sell him the stolen painting, for 500,000 pounds as Gerhard von Strubel, the most mm-hmm. renowned but reclusive art dealer in the world. She says that her dad would do anything to be in business with him. But Flash says no. So Kelly then comes up to the roof and says, see, I told you he wouldn't do it, Annabelle. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know what? I never said I wouldn't do it. Let me take a look at that dossier. So he's reading through and he's like, yeah, I, I can do posh. Oh, chip, chip, chip. Yeah, we would not to go into the <laughs> swimming pool. And she's like, yes, but can you do German? <laughs> and he just like throws out maybe like three random German words. He's like, Schlosschenberg, Rochester. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. Anyways, what's, what's this guy look like? So Annabelle says. All she's heard is that he's successful, erudite, and handsome. And he's like, hmm, I could do that. And she says, oh, and also very, very gay. And then the girls get a walkie-talkie signal that Jeffrey Thwaites is incoming. (gasps) So Thwaites is
1: ready to expose St. Trinian's. For what it is, he is armed with a press crew and says that schools like this are weeds. People say sometimes that he's too aggressive and hardline, but what he's about to show them is the appalling alternative. Cut to the barn being blown up, and meanwhile, inside the school, everyone is being alerted. It's a code red. Thwaites and his crew begin to head inside. And he throws open the door of the art room, but the girls are just silently drawing fruit. <laughs> Only a moment ago, there was a nude model; everyone was going sicko mode. Yeah, but I think the model is pretending to be the teacher in this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes into the Spanish class, where the teacher is literally dressed as a nun, and Chelsea the and Chelsea winks at the weights. So then they go downstairs where Thwaites hears a sound coming from the heist room. So they quickly flip it and they're like, oh, no, we're not going to make it in time. So Annabelle decides to go outside and distract. And she says on camera that she knows Verity. And she used to be a bully at her old school. And a reporter is mm. like, how do you like being at St. Trinian's? And Annabelle says it's like one big, happy, slightly dysfunctional family. Finally, Miss Fritton comes down the (laughs) stairs, like in a full-on costume with some students carrying her trail. And she's like, oh, we're rehearsing for a play. It's the role of a lifetime for me to play the queen. (laughs) And he says she's up to something and he'll expose her. And she says he should at least buy her dinner first. Then (laughs) we see, which happened before, uh, that I noticed, like, we see the way it's, like, shaking. It looks like he's, like, shaking. (laughs) But really, it's the dog humping him again. So he, like, kicks it, and it goes directly (sighs) into the lawn mower. Oh, my goodness. And cut to the front page of the... Of the newspaper the next morning with a picture of him kicking the dog and the headline, Minister Kills Dog. Oh my gosh. So
0: brutal. Poor Mr. Darcy, the dog. Untimely (laughs) end. So then in the middle of the night, Annabelle is sound asleep when she is pulled from her bed and strapped to a chair. And Kelly says... You've had this coming since the day you arrived. And they're like approaching her with these various tools and say, it's makeover time. Oh, my God. We get a makeover montage. And basically throughout this montage, they dress her up as the various different cliques at the school. So she first gets a makeover from the first years where they just put like dirt all over her face. They make her look like shit. Yeah. Then the Chavs, then she becomes a posh toddy, and I'm like, give me the hair tutorial. I need to know how to make my hair look like it does when she is in the posh toddy cosplay. Then they make her into a geek, an emo, but eventually they settle on big curly hair, a little smoky eye, some red Mm -hmm. lips, kind of similar to uh, Kelly's makeup. And they ask her, how do you feel? And she says like a St. Trinian, and they all clap and cheer.
1: Apparently, when the Chavs make over Annabelle, her hairstyle is based on UK rapper Lady Sovereign Style. So that's just a fun tidbit. Don't know who that is, but if you know, you know. There we go. And we go back to The Flash. He is now at the Fritton Gallery. And he walks right up to Carnaby and says, what a coincidence that the first face I see is – let me try to do a German accent. (laughs) What a coincidence that the first face I see is (laughs) – it's really hard out here – is not only the handsomest, but the very one I came to speak to. And he mentions that he is German, and when Carnaby asks where, he says Bayern Munich – (laughs) which is a football team, so already doing really bad. And he starts to walk away and he's like, no, 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 I didn't mean to offend. You know, I just get lonely being German, a big wig in the art world, and gay. (laughs) And then (laughs) Carnaby still tries to leave, but he like accidentally on purpose spills his champagne on him and is like, Come on, Gerhard, Gerhard, Gerhard. And Carnaby is like, oh, my God, are you? And he's like, shh, shh, I'm keeping a low profile.
0: (laughs) So they sit together, like squished up on this couch and Flash whispers that there's a great masterpiece that has become available on the black market. But maybe a little out of your league. And Carnaby then touches his hand and says, perhaps we could discuss it over dinner. And Flash is like, what? And he's like, you know, he did say you were lonely. We could spend some time together, stroll along the beach. And he's like walking his fingers up Flash's leg mm-hmm. and says, you know, then maybe we could go back to my place. And so Flash, as Gerhard, stops his hand and says, or oh, I, I could just I could just tell you now. You know, it makes it easier. Um, it's the girl with the pearl earring. So at St. Trinian's, Camilla
1: buries her beloved dog in the yard. And the girls all come out on the balcony. They have their, like, wicker hats and sunglasses on, and they all take off their hats. Camilla says, The ultimate price was paid by one who laid down his life for his sisters and his school. No greater love hath any dog than this. And yeah, that's when the girls take off their hats and Camilla cries and says, This one is for Mr. Darcy. And the scene of them out on the balconies with their sunglasses Mm -hmm. and taking their hats off is from a... Mob movie, whose name I'm going to tell you if my computer (laughs) works. It's from the Italian job. Mm. And the mafia, like, lines a hill in dark sunglasses to warn off the gang. And there's another reference to that movie when the girls blow up the shed and Tanya says, you are only supposed to blow the bloody doors off.
0: (laughs) So the day has finally come for the big heist, we see the girls start making their way to the National Gallery. We have this great, like, slow-motion walk montage as we're, like, cutting to all the different girls. Meanwhile, a reporter goes up to Mr. Jeffrey Thwaites and says, Oh, the school you publicly condemned is now in the school challenge final. How embarrassing for you, no? Mm. And he declines to comment and says he's here in a private capacity to support his daughter's school.
1: (laughs) How the turntables. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the PAs tries to go into the Trinian's trailer at this final, but he is stopped by one of the students. And um, it's one of the geeks. I can't remember her name, but she's like – They're going through some really intense preparations and we go inside. They're drilling this like hole in the floor of the trailer to get to the sewer and the Sopranos shove cigarettes up their nose to block out the smell in the (laughs) sewer and head down to blow up the big gate.
0: They're like, we saw it on CSI. Yeah. (laughs) It is funny that the girls are so appalled by the thought of, like these children smoking, but not of them like committing right large scale crimes.
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, back inside, the show is starting, and Annabelle is ready to give the signal for when to set the explosion. She's like, wait, wait for it. And while everyone cheers right after Stephen Fry announces the show, she gives the signal, they blow the gate, the Sopranos are silent at first. It looks like they've been killed under rubble, Mm -hmm. but eventually they do emerge, and they're like, that was wicked. (laughs) Then Taylor, Andrea,
0: and Kelly make their way through the sewers. I don't know if we've mentioned her by name yet, but Andrea is one of the like head emo kids Mm -hmm. uh, played by Paloma Faith. So... Back at school challenge, Posh toddy are being fed the answers through their earpieces to make it through the show. Meanwhile, the heist crew is climbing into the great hall, like through the like trap door or whatever the fuck it is. And that's when they hear footsteps and it's actually two security guards. So Taylor, Kelly and Andrea go back underground while the Sopranos sit on the floor and Mm -hmm. fake cry that they got lost on their way back from the toilets and they can't find their mummy. And so the security guards pick them up, take them back to the crowd, and the Sopranos give the girls a thumbs up as they're being carried away. (laughs) Back at school Challenge,
1: Chelsea buzzes to answer a question, but Celia is slow on Googling the answer, and Chelsea, like, touches her ear, trying to be discreet. But Thwaites notices a Trinian girl in the corner with a giant book and a transmitter. <laughs> so he goes over and pretends to, like, tie his shoe. But he actually unplugs the wires and causes this really awful feedback in their ear.
0: And they just lose that connection. Yeah. One thing I was kind of surprised by is that Verity isn't in The competition? Like she's just there in the audience. Yeah, I was confused too. She's not like yeah, she's not Mm -hmm. answering questions for Cheltenham. I guess because they want like that interaction which is coming later between her and Annabelle, and that wouldn't work if she was like in the competition. But yeah, strange choice. Yeah, because he's like, I'm here supporting my daughter,
1: and I'm like supporting her watching her school.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Sure. Meanwhile, above where this TV broadcast is happening, the girls are getting ready to, like, shoot this arrow across the hall with, like, a wire on it, but they need more cover, so, like, because of the noise, so Annabelle gets up and starts, like, cheering on Cheltenham's correct answer, so they manage to shoot this zip line across, while the other Trinians join in and cheering, and Kelly ziplines herself across first, safely making it to the other balcony. And now Taylor's going to go because Andrea Andrea is afraid of heights. So Taylor is in the midst of going across when um, Andrea decides, you know what? I'm going to go at the same time, actually. Nonsense. Uh, very precarious. The thingy literally almost breaks. But thankfully... They make it across.
1: I, again, I'm like, why would you do that? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) Why would you go at the same time? Just physically doesn't make sense. Back at school challenge, the Trinians are not doing too hot because they're not getting the answers fed to them. And in the commercial break, like, Chelsea decides to get up and leave. She's feeling really, like, low self-esteem. Her confidence has been shook. And... While this is happening, Beverly, the secretary, goes up to Stephen Fry and asks if he's all right. And he wonders if he's wasting himself on this dribble. And Beverly says, oh, it's just your serotonin levels. You want some pills. <laughs> and offers him some uppers and some downers.
0: Love how she just casually goes up to Stephen Fry and is like, you all right, love? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Meanwhile, Chelsea is storming off when Miss Dickinson and Annabelle go after her. And Chelsea says that their earpieces have stopped working, and Dickinson is shocked somehow to realize that that's how they've been getting the answers and made it all the way to the final. And Annabelle says that if Chelsea walks away now, then this whole plan goes up in smoke. But Chelsea says that if they do go back, then every offer that they've had over the last six weeks will vanish. No more Big Brother. No more Project Catwalk. No more celebrity love island so she runs off crying but dickinson yells after her and says i've been watching you your girlish wiles your saucy ways and now apparently your criminal cunning but do you know what you are smart smarter than you think and smart is cool and very very sexy and chelsea's like (laughs) really
1: it is. She's getting her confidence back. Mm-hmm. Stephen Fry comes back to set all smiles, very happy once again, but a little <laughs> off. He's like, here we go, here we go, here we go. <laughs> and just lots of energy coming through. He asks a question about the origin of a fruit name. I think it's like – I have no idea – but in school, the matron is screaming. She's like, it's paw paw,", paw. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, hopefully she says paw." paw. Like, of course, the matron who's like this mixologist <laughs> medicine woman knows. And Chelsea hesitantly answers and she says, pineapple? And she's like, no. <laughs> oh, and Stephen is like, correct. And she just, like, kind of brushes herself off. She's like, oh, very, okay.
0: Very well done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> meanwhile, the Waits happens to look up and sees the Trinians wire mm. and heads off, noticed by Annabelle, and she's like, oh, no, they're on to them. She tells Fritin. And meanwhile, the Trinians actually keep getting the answers right. They've, like,
0: tapped into their knowledge. They're confident again. Mm-hmm. So Jeffrey has gone off to investigate what the hell is going on, and Miss Fritton goes after him. And he says that when he was in the prison system, he encountered some of the country's top felons, but her girls are really in a league of their own. And Miss Fritton says they are the creme de la creme. And he says, tell it to the judge. (laughs) She's like, Jeffrey, won't you just have one last drink with me for old time's sake? And he says, No. And she goes, Where did it all go wrong, Jeffrey? Where did it all go wrong with us? <laughs> Was I too <laughs> fickle, too fanciful, too much for you? And then he's like, Maybe I will have that drink.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. It's so good. <laughs> It is, it's a really good scene between the two of them. <sighs> we go back to the heist. They have made it to the room, but they put on their glasses and see all of the green lasers. So Taylor turns on her iPod shuffle and plays If I Can't Dance by Sophie Ellis Bexter. And the girls start dancing their way through the lasers classic 2007 um, theft-like theme, (laughs) motif, whatever you want to
0: call it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the the inclusion of Sophie ellis Baxter was great. I used to listen to her music a lot when I was a kid, so I had to to put that in there. But Mm. we go back to Jeffrey and Camilla having their little drink. He's drinking from her flask and says, you know, you've put me in a really tough position, You know, I have a duty to turn you in, but on the other hand, you're so, so, and she leans in and she's like, intelligent, fragrant, dangerous, and he says, odd, you always have been. (laughs) (laughs) So the girls make it through the
1: lasers, they turn them off, and Kelly pulls the painting off of the wall. Then waits drunkenly tells Camilla, you know, I'm a hardliner. I had a dog called Linus once. And then he starts calling out for the dog. (laughs) And he's like, Linus, Linus, I loved him. And then he tells Camilla that she reminds him of Linus. And he leans in to kiss her, but then just passes
0: out. Yeah, I don't know if we mentioned it, but she, like, absolutely put drugs in her flask. He has been drugged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: don't know if we forgot to mention yeah. that. There are drugs in there.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so now there's only three minutes left of the show, so the girls have to escape, you know, the way that they came. So Taylor is on the zip line when it starts lowering because there's too much weight because Andrea has once again gone on it at the same time. And I'm like, Andrea, why, why,
1: I'm why? Gonna fucking
0: yell at you because you have ruined this plan not once but twice now. Right. So the chair, because they've like shot this arrow into basically like a chair on the other side, right? Like it's supposed mm-hmm. to be nailed to the wall, but it's it's a move in. And the girls are falling lower and lower. They're about to be in everybody's eyeline. So they keep going as fast as they can, and they just manage to make it over. But then the arrow, like, comes out of the couch. The zip line is down, which leaves Kelly, the one with the painting, by the way, stranded on the other side. So shit is stressful. Mm -hmm. It's now down to the final question. Which substance is suspected to have such strong aphrodisiac properties that the Aztecs forbade women from consuming it? So while, you know, people are mulling over the answer, Verity happens to look up to the balcony and spots Kelly. So she gets up to go and investigate, and Annabelle says, I'm going to handle this, and grabs – somebody is holding a field hockey stick by chance. So she grabs Mm -hmm. that and goes after her, just as Chelsea hits the buzzer to answer. Yes.
1: Meanwhile, Verity tells Annabelle – She's going to bring her and her vulgar school down. Then Kelly looks across the balcony where Fritton winks at her and shoots an arrow at the ceiling. Cut back to Chelsea. She answers the question. Is
0: it Chocolate? Verity then tells Annabelle she's faster than her and starts running, but Annabelle uses that hockey stick to hit her walkie-talkie, and it fucking nails Verity directly in the face. Stitches. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Snitches get stitches. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Stephen Fry asks Chelsea to confirm her answer. She hesitates, looks at Dickinson, then locks it in. Back up at the balcony. We're like cutting so fast between all these scenes. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, back at the balcony, Fritton swings across the hall on the wire that she shot at the ceiling, grabs Kelly, and swings back to the other balcony.
1: Cut back to the school challenge. Chelsea got it right. St. Trinian wins. Celebrations all around. Oh, my God. I kind of wanted it to be a twist where like they win the school challenge and the winner wins 500,000 pounds and then they didn't like realize it. And then they're like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's just me though. If I were the writer, (laughs) I was a fly on the wall, Mm -hmm. but they win. It's an amazing moment. And in the morning, the weights wakes up naked in camilla's bed and asks what happened last night and she tells him she had to slip him a little something and then he returned the favor and i'm like he was unconscious
0: that's not allowed you can't do that and you shouldn't do that to anyone ever and then he sees the
1: headline in the paper about the painting being stolen and he starts freaking out but she tells him to shut up and just kiss her
0: Love is a man's planet. I'm like, this whole thing is so illegal. So we then go to Carnaby. He makes the deal with Gerhard, aka Flash, for the painting. Flash scurries off with the money. And Carnaby looks at his painting ever so lovingly. And then, you know, happens to glance in the right corner to see that it is in fact signed by (gasps) Camilla Fritton. He's been (gasps) had. So Flash jumps in Kelly's car, and off they go.
1: Yes. And in a shocking turn of events, the priceless painting stolen from the National Gallery has now been recovered, found by a bunch of schoolgirls in a changing room of Harvey Nichols. So St. Trinian's girls... Get the rep for returning this very expensive work of art. And they get a reward of 50,000 pounds. They're model citizens, an example to young people everywhere. So they really made it work for them twofold. Mm -hmm. And they've been unable to get a comment from education minister Jeffrey Thwaites. Cut to... Him being a nude in Camilla's window and all of the, like, reporters turning up their cameras and being like,
0: <gasps> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And then to really just top it all off and, and round it out together, at the end, we have a giant party at St. Trinian's where – who's the, who's just, you know, the humble school band? It's nobody. It's just Girls Allowed one of the, you know, top British girl groups of the time performing a song for them. It's like a St. Trinian's a song song and dance, which (laughs) is a very cash. Um, and everyone's, you know, simply thriving, having a great time. And then after this credit scene during like the other credits, we also hear, I can't remember what song it is, but it's, it's Rupert Everett and Colin Firth singing a ballad together. Um, (laughs) It's like a love ballad as the credits roll. And that's St. Trinian's. Wow.
1: I guess I didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. I also – so there's – I think it might be actually an Australian sitcom of like a Jamae private schoolgirl. Yes, yeah. I thought that they were – I thought that that series was related to St. Trinian's. Oh, no.
0: That series is related to Summer Heights High. (laughs) That's what uh, Jimmy is from. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I was expecting
1: something in that vein. Mm. So this was like less comedy, comedy, comedy every scene. Right. But it was very much like schoolgirl empowerment, uh, strong character acting
0: mm-hmm. in the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely thought it was like entertaining, very much a sleepover hit.
0: Yeah. Like, I – this – I could see watching – if you're, like, a British teen, tween, you're watching St. Trinian's, you're watching Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging,
1: mm-hmm.
0: having a grand old time with the gals. But yeah, it's super wacky. It's a very, like, weird world that they've created with, like, <laughs> showing, like, the dark underbelly of uh, teenage gem. Like, these girls are committing crimes and doing horrific things. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's very funny, it's very witty, there's a lot of really good jokes in it, and like we said, it's very much a testament to how British humor is often more understated and not very like, bam, I'm in your face and I'm doing this crazy slapstick thing, like uh, we love to do in American cinema, (laughs) but -hmm. yeah, I enjoyed it, it was weird, but very fun, and I'm like, why did we even need to make Oceans 8 when this already existed? Like, I love a good <laughs> all-female heist movie.
1: Yeah. I guess that's the thing about – I mean, obviously, we've both seen like like Oceans, mm-hmm. whatever, like that series and uh, Ghostbusters and stuff being like, we're going to redo it with an all-female cast. But I'm like, why don't we just create new movies Yeah, where it's like – um, women are in them, but
0: they're yeah. aren't, they aren't recycled ideas. We don't need to tie them to a successful men's male movie, right? Maybe, yeah. yeah.
1: But I mean, I can't say this is like one of my new favorite movies, mm-hmm. but it's definitely in the like wild child, sleepover, like aquamarine type vibe where it Mm -hmm. does feel like a cult classic because there are so many great one-liners and like I love the aesthetic of the movie yes it's really fun um it's so
0: wacky like that's just like the biggest takeaway Mm -hmm. it also it kind of reminded me I mean like tonally it's pretty different but there was this book series that I read when I was in middle school um like the series in total I guess would be called like The the Gallagher girls because it was set at like Gallagher Academy, and the first okay. book is called "Oh My God." I Wait. tell you, I would love you, but I'd have to kill but you. I have to kill you. Yes. I've read every yep, single yep, book. Yep. It is one of my all-time favorite mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminded me of that because yeah. you know, boarding school. They're like spies in that, but you know, heist vibes. Literally, make it a movie because I will pay so much money. I okay, so like I recently. Went down a rabbit hole of, like, looking up all the books that I loved in middle school. And I was looking up that series and they – there was plans for a movie. I think Disney had bought the rights to it. but wow. it, But, like, they never ended up doing anything. Their option on it expired. And then somebody else bought the option on it, but I can't remember who it was. Let me
1: take a look. I know – so, like, I loved the series so much and I had looked it up. Maybe I was, like, in high school or even college – and they had a book coming out that was, like, years after I had read it initially. And I literally bought the book just to be like, I, I need to read every book in this series. Yeah.
0: Movie adaptation. I Tell You I Love You But Then I'd Have to Kill You it was initially optioned for film by Disney, with the option later being sold to Walden Media in 2009. The movie option mm. expired. Carter, the author, uh, announced – in august 2013 that a production company tonic had optioned the series for film but that was a decade ago so i'm thinking not but would love to get that back on the books if anybody's interested (laughs) but yeah so it reminded me a lot of that which also came out at like a similar time that book came out in 2006 this is 2007 so i feel like the the boarding school undercover like adults don't know what's happening at the school and it's like a crazy weird world was a thing at least in my mind um so it's definitely something that i feel like i would have loved this movie if i'd watched it when it came out
1: yeah yeah definitely especially like in this era too um what's the movie or the series spy girls
0: spy girls
1: no, totally spies. Oh, totally
0: spies. Yes,
1: yes. The era of like totally spies. I tell you, I love you, but then I have to kill you. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. I I don't know what it was about like being a spy when we were kids. Like that was really hot shit.
0: Yeah, the idea of living a double life. I mean, obviously this movie isn't about spies, but like, you know. Yeah, but like that crime and mm-hmm. like espionage oh, just a school. Yeah, espionage. Yes. Uh. <laughs> While in a private school uniform, something about it just very enticing. I bet it's like the autonomy of mm, uh, being able to that's do true.
1: espionage. Yeah, <laughs>
0: but yeah, yeah. And honestly, like they did a lot for such a like. This is just an independent film with like a pretty small mm-hmm. budget. They really, yeah. they really did a lot. They had some huge people in it, like having Rupert Everett Colin and Colin Firth? Firth. Yeah, those are big
1: gets, definitely. I'm glad I watched it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's been a long time coming. So yeah. what would you rate the film?
0: Hmm. I enjoyed it. It's not like, oh my God, this isn't like you said, not my new favorite movie or anything, but I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I want to give it like a very sweet, like 7.5. Yeah, I would give it like a 7, 7.5.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we should have like a British movie marathon mm-hmm. when you come to town. I love that. You can just like have like, Love Rosie. Oh. St. Trinian's. Yeah. Pride and Prejudice. Like, wow. Go in on it. I'm in. I have Bridget so much Jones. popcorn.
0: Yeah. <laughs> which I'll probably eat before you get here, but then I'll get more popcorn. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I love. Perfect, perfect. Well, um, we hope you enjoyed this episode, our our next foray into some international film. If you would mm-hmm. like more, you can always head on over to Patreon for our bonus episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at Movies That Raised Us. You can follow us on Twitter at mtru underscore pod. You can follow us on
1: TikTok at Movies That Raised Us pod. And you can always send us a good old-fashioned email at movies that raised us at gmail.com.
0: And we will see you next week for another international film one that i personally am very excited about because it's one that i've seen before (laughs) (laughs) and with that being said i'm mo and i'm christina and our theme song is by garrett schmidt Bye. bye